Welcome to The Field Viewpoint, a Digital Farming Institute podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Sled. This is not just another ag tech podcast. This podcast brings together viewpoints that move far beyond field view button pushes and standard sales pitches. Whether you're a seasoned seller looking to sharpen your digital sales skills, or you're just starting your journey using digital tools in the field, this podcast is designed to help you build your confidence with your confidence. In today's episode, we talk to a customer business advisor about how to use FieldView and great questions to discover more about your customers and enhance your digital relationship. Let's get started. Welcome again to another Digital Farming Institute podcast. Here today, we are going to be talking more about how you can discover problems, opportunities, future touch points using FieldView. And today, we are excited to have a customer business advisor named Russell Kavan, who is located in eastern Nebraska. He's joining us today to talk about his experiences with FieldView and uh, just be real with us. The fun fact here is that he also comes from the same trainee class as Mr. Andrew Canuck, so they go way back and uh, have a special friendship there as well. So, Russell, if you could get us started, just give us a background on you and um, tell us a little bit more about how you use FieldView or how long you've been using FieldView. Sounds good. So, it's Russell Kavan. I live in eastern Nebraska, north of Lincoln, west of Omaha, cover about a 10-county geography in northeast Nebraska and started with Legacy Monsanto as a local field advisor trainee and a local field advisor and from there did a stint as a DSM and then got back into agronomy as a seed agronomist and now a CBA with Bayer Crop Science. So kind of been a roundabout way but over 15 years got to learn a lot and meet a lot of great people and you know now we have a CBA role, still involved with the Calabas Grow Seed, but also get the pleasure of, you know, supporting and promoting the Bayer Chemistry and also the Climate Field View platform. So I guess when it comes to Field View, you know, was kind of a starter from the very beginnings of Climate Field View when it comes to, you know, when it was first launched to, you know, where we're at today. And also slight, you know, a little bit of tidbit, also a uh, part of a small family farm with my dad, and we also run Climate Field View as well at home, you know, with 2020 Precision 2020 monitors in the planter, and then a Field View drive in the combine. And actually, this year get the joy of being a trial run operator of a Field View drive 2.0, and so far looks like a great upgrade from where we've been with the original Field View drive. That's awesome. I'm tickled to see. We've been able to interview quite a few folks who've been with FieldView from the beginning. And so to follow your digital journey to now, just really neat to see that it it seems like it's just part of your role. It's part of how you think about um, how you approach your customers, right? Oh, absolutely right. And it, you know, for me, I mean, I'm not somebody that's going to blow any smoke. Without climate, it really does make my role more difficult. Because what I do love and greatly appreciate about it is, is when I get a grower involved on climate and they share their operation with me there is really nothing better for my role and not you know yeah it's great to know how our products are performing you know and what they're seeing but even just as a day-to-day you know to be able to see their fields see where they have everything planted so that throughout the growing season if there's a question or a concern instead of saying well you know it's on mom's quarter 
So you need to go to 835 Road and go west three miles, and it'll be, you know, there's a driveway. No, I just say, which field do I need to go to? And they can tell me where, and if they are well-versed in field view, they can drop a pin, and I can go to exactly where they had the issue and know exactly what they're seeing instead of, well, you go to this field, and then you go to the third power pole and 150 yards out. And it makes my life so much easier on problems. But also, if I'm out there and the grower's not able to be there, I can drop a pin and say, hey, you might want to take your adjuster here, or, you know, we've got an issue here. And this way, when they hit it with the combine, then nothing's forgot. It's a great way to track stuff, whether that's planting data, harvest data, spraying data. You track it, and you can go through and use it throughout the year. And there's really nothing else like it out there. Russ, you have started us off with a bang and really given the audience some really quality reasons why this digital transformation using FieldView helps them be more efficient, can better relate with the customer, and hopefully solve problems. Could you maybe step back and paint the picture for the listeners on how hard it was to do some of those things before FieldView? Because you have a very unique perspective that you could offer us. Well, I, mean, I already went through the whole how do you get to a farm park, and that alone is a godsend. But the other thing is, you know, when I first started, you know, we do a side-by-side, and you'd have to drag a stupid way wagon around with you, and I started in central Kansas. And so you get in the flat area down there with the 25-mile-an-hour headwind, they weigh way wagon, you know, steel parachute behind you. It wasn't a whole lot of fun. And then on top of that, it was one way check. So you're taking eight or 12 rows across the field and that's your data point. And you better hope it was good. There was no sprayer tracks. There was no weird thing. That was your only way to get yield data. Now we're able to, with field view, you go across the whole field. How did it do across that entire 80, that entire quarter? And the days of the way wagon, you know, getting one data point are over. And that alone is a tremendous benefit for us. It's not just the simplicity, but the quality of the data when you can have the ability to do that throughout the entire year. And on top of that, it doesn't require us to be there with a way wagon. A grower can do it on his own and we can revisit later when the timing is better rather than when they're trying to do 500 other things. You brought up a really great perspective there based on safety that I hadn't considered and then really paying the picture of why it's so critical to use this data to get the right perspective for that customer so we're having a a true apples to apples comparison. One thing I'd like to ask you, when you think about some of our tools such as, you know, rainfall tracking, scouting pins, field health imagery, what are your go-to tools that you help uncover the problems and or opportunities with your customers? Well, you brought up rainfall tracking and I have to smile a little bit because I've actually utilized that here in the past week, had a grower that brought up the fact that his Asgro beans, you know, really were far behind his pioneer beans in another field. And here in Eastern Nebraska, where we're at, we're in a severe drought. I mean, it's not been a fun year. Last year we were in a drought and we didn't get a chance to recharge any soil moisture. So yields aren't great. Performance has been bouncy at times. And this particular case, the grower said, you know, they aren't doing very well against my pioneer ones, you know, a couple miles away. 
And I just brought up the fact that, you know, a couple miles away, what was the difference on rainfall between those two farms? Well, I don't know. It couldn't have been that big of a deal. I mean, going back to it later, he did admit, yeah, there could have been. So I pulled it up on field view and overall across the year, you know, we're only about an inch and a half difference, which yes, that's a big deal, but it's also maybe not a 20 bushel difference, but being in a severe drought, timeliness and everything is critical. And I pulled up the overall rainfall events for the year on climate.com. And sure enough, the farm that yielded better on July 1st caught a 230 rain and the farm that the yields were behind only got 90 hundreds. And as you look in a drought, the grower with a full canopy, you know, we're going to lose a lot of moisture just from evaporation because we are so dry. So if you only got 90 hundreds on that farm, we probably lost 20 to 30 of it just hitting the canopy and evaporating. Whereas the other farm that got 230, a vast majority of that actually soaked in. And so that alone, plant available water was tremendously different. And had I not had the tools available to actually look that up and say there was, you know, no question about it, a rain event that was very different, what else do you have to go off of? And it's just one more thing that we can use as CBAs, customer business advisors, to help understand and figure out what went wrong, whether that be good or bad. You brought up a really phenomenal point there, just understanding first you had roughly about 1.4 inches, if I'm doing math correctly, difference, but then the evapotranspiration issue, it made it even greater to closer to inch and three quarters. And in your drought stress situation, this really mattered. Could you walk us through, like, how did you kind of enter into that questioning strategy? Did you ask the customer permission to go into that? Can you share some details how you went down this path of discovery to provide solution to the customer based on their performance question? So I guess a little bit of perspective with this grower. It's a guy that I've had a relationship with for four or five years now, maybe a bit longer. And he shares his climate with me. He's a John Deere user. And rather than teach everybody running the equipment, how to run field view, how to run John Deere, we got to the point that we actually let him run John Deere. And then we just, myself and our climate activation manager in the area, we help him move his data over from climate into field view. So this way, it's, you know, to simplify things for him, but also give him that ability to look at his information in the winter. But then it also, you know, he's more than happy to share his data with me so I can see what is planted where and everything else and really get that true advisor role with him in their operation. And it's one that he has no problem sharing that, has no problem letting me look at it. So when we had that first discussion of the rainfall, at first, he didn't quite want to accept it, but then I talked to him a couple of days later, and he's like, you know, that would be interesting to look it up. And so, you know, I was going to anyways, but that definitely gave me the, you better believe I had better get this done and look it up and see if there was a difference. And sure enough, when I had that conversation with him the other day, it really helped open the doors and go from your product stunk to you know, maybe we need to be a little more visible on why things are doing what they're doing this year instead of going off of just straight up yield performance. 
That is excellent. Ultimately, you're able to show the customer factually, maybe diffuse a little bit of emotions and then give the customer a little bit of time to reflect on what you were presenting to them so that they could uh, internalize it and then come back and maybe have a further discussion. That's exactly right. You know, it's not something you want to use to shove something down their throat, but it's a great way to have a real discussion, a fact-based discussion, so that it's not just grasping for straws, but having something to back up what you're presenting to them. Russ, we've really hit on quite a few things in terms of using some feature sets, a little bit of rainfall. You commented earlier on scouting. How does imagery help you in discovery as you're supporting the sale through the summer with these customers? Do you have any perspective that you could offer our audience on that? How much time do we have? We're so, good. Absolutely love it. No, I was, I was being a smart, <laughs> that was a little bit of a, a hind question, a little behind question. Tongue in there, cheek. But no, I mean, it's one that, yeah, tongue in cheek. That's what I was looking for. It was rhetorical, but no, it's one that when it comes to imagery, it's tremendously valuable, maybe not every year, but you give a couple points throughout the year, you know, early on in the growing season, especially when that crop is young, it's not, you know, it's not quite reached canopy yet. That imagery definitely can help show, you know, where are the stronger parts in the field, years where stand establishment is difficult. It's a great and simple way to know where to go look to potentially start doing stand counts. Here's a good, probably a good spot of the farm because we've got better looking imagery on the scouting maps. And maybe here's where I need to go look because, well, it doesn't look very good on the imagery. And it tends to be quite true throughout the year. The other thing would be during the growing season, you know, especially now with the CBA role where, you know, also promoting Bayer chemistry, I'm a big believer in fungicides and a lot of our aerial applications may not be able to be recorded into field view or any other platform for that matter. So you get this pretty little printed map of here's where we apply this test strip. Well, where exactly is that? Going back to the whole, that's based off the second telephone pole, not really the best way to go about it. So what you can do is, especially in a year where it's going to pay big, that fungicide strip shows up just green as could be on the imagery. And that gives us a good way to know exactly where it's at. And then we can use it to actually draw out a region for a region report and have that to know exactly where that fungicide was applied and then come harvest, even though we don't have application data, we can now see and sort to know, yes, that fungicide paid and by how much. And that is tremendously valuable. But the other thing I started using with it this year is things were in a drought on dry land. You know, we had fields that ranged from 12% moisture corn all the way up to 25% just where you were in the field. And that's in every pass. So as we started, I started getting out there and doing some harvest prioritization for my growers. I would actually go to those areas on the scouting map that were bright green and grab a set of ears to take a moisture sample on and then go to the weaker areas or the more average areas and grab samples there. And this way I could give that grower a range of, you know, you're going to go from 12% to say 21% in one pass. That's something that's manageable for your operation. I highly recommend to go get that field. 
Whereas I've got growers without the capacity to dry. And if they're getting into corn that's say 25% and not able to handle it, well, maybe we just have to avoid that area for the moment because, or that field for the moment, because we can't handle it yet, but we can go to something else. And just being able to tell them where to go and why and how, it's been tremendously valuable in a otherwise very difficult year this year. Russ, those are some powerful examples. And I hope as y'all are listening, you maybe reconsider to replay that, just showing how we can be proactive on opportunities, telling our bear story and helping that farmer see the value in what we're doing, bringing the innovation to the farm. The one thing that you sparked uh, thought in my head, I've always thought of field health imagery just like asking the farmer about their family. Well, that field health imagery on the field, you get curiosity going and pretty soon that customer just starts sharing the story of that field and you just let them go and keep talking. And all of a sudden you learn a whole lot more just with a little overhead perspective that is so simple, but yet very much impactful on understanding the problems and the opportunities that lie within that operation. That'd be exactly right. I'd like to uh, shift some thoughts here, Russ. You've talked about uncovering the operational agronomic needs. Do you have any thoughts on how do you help a customer with their digital needs in their operation? Do you advise on that? Do you have any perspective? Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of guys that their idea of yield data is the three ring binders they've got sitting on the shelf for 15 years with this pretty little red, green, yellow map that at the end of the day, what'd you learn? And the answer is pretty much zero. Yeah, the bad spots are there. The good spots are there. How many acres are there? Well, we might have a rough idea, but I don't really know. And you can flip that to here's your yield map. Here it's digital. It's ready to go. You know, even guys that aren't overly data savvy, but they're able to at least enter a hybrid in a monitor or switch fields on a monitor, we can then go in and rather than train them how to use an iPad, how to use field view, if they're not that digitally savvy, but they can at least run the monitors and the equipment, we can move those data layers into a system that they can then use later when they're not trying to do everything else and have everything else of running their operation on their mind to where it's in an iPad format, they can use it. And now we can go from that pretty map on a piece of paper to a fully user-friendly and active map on an iPad to say, okay, here's that red area. Not only you know is it a red area, how big is it? What is the yield on it? And then we can dive into maybe why is it a red area? Is it sand? Is it low organic matter, poor fertility, or to your point earlier on the field health imagery, maybe it's an old farm place that, quite frankly, we're never going to fix. But it gives us a, an ability to go in and actually review that information and use it to improve the operation and do it at a time when they don't have 500 other things on their mind. And that alone is a great way to do it, even for the guys that aren't the most data or technology savvy. And it's something that I definitely utilize in my role. I use my experience with climate to help guys out with it. Russ, it reminds me that those uh, paper yield maps are worth about the cost of the paper and ink to print and get that copy. 
there's just not a lot of utility until you can get it into a software and then take the next steps to uncover those insights and do some analysis. That's exactly right. You know, it really, I've even used it in the past, you know, in one particular example, had a grower picked up a new farm and they get into it in the first year, they lost about 30 acres out of a quarter to flooding, which then turned into a water hemp disaster. And so it was going to be a battle they were going to fight every year. And by using field view, they were actually able to highlight that area as a region report show the landlord what the yield was, what the area was, and what the yield loss was to where they actually were able to convince the landlord to work together to go ahead and tile that area of the farm. That had we not had that ability to quantify the issue, we would have been in trouble. Then nothing would have got done. You bring up the old adage, a picture's worth a thousand words, but the ability to analyze and digitally share the problem with that farmer to the landlord was priceless because now everybody was on the same page to then move ahead for resolution. That's extremely impactful to knock down the barriers of misunderstanding, make sure everybody's on the same page. That's exactly right. Cause it's one that Unless you can actually know and show the value and the reasoning behind it, all you're looking at otherwise is colors or pictures and dollar signs or imagined dollar signs, not real number-driven, business-driven dollar signs. You're working off the field average, not the specific subfield areas as you use that field region report. That's a great call out. You sparked a comment earlier where you talked about meeting the customer where they're at, trying to help them. Maybe not so much. You have to use the FieldView Drive and the FieldView Cab app in the equipment, but using data inbox. And I think that's one thing everyone needs to realize. There's multiple different ways we can help customers. My question to you is, what different digital needs have you experienced as you've worked with your customers in your various roles oh <laughs> everything there's guys that they'll split a planner across the field and they write it down but do they know where that paper's at anymore and come harvest yeah we wrote it down but yeah we really don't know where it's at and so really what hybrid was on either side i don't know to where that i i don't want to say it's an argument but you get into the conflict with the grower at harvest that, you know, your product is not performing. And so you go out there and look and you got to try and convince them that what he thinks is the competitive product is actually yours because there's no record of what was what. But, you know, so it just that not knowing makes it difficult. But then I've got, you know, there's a lot of growers I work with that do a lot of trials on their acres. But until you get to a field view where you can track herbicide or plant growth regulator applications, fungicide applications, and have it as a set map for where the check strip is, how do you know? You got the flags. Well, do the flags still exist at harvest? Who's the one running the combine at harvest? Did they just mow them over and mow it down? And well, shoot, I guess we're out of luck on the data for this year. Uh, it's somewhere here, but we don't know what the difference is. And with field viewer, it's all tracked. It doesn't matter. It's there. It's available. And that's worth a lot. Russ, I'm going to ask you a quick, simple question. How do you ask permission to get started 
with Discovery and FieldView with your customers. Can you give an example? Well, I guess one example would be had one grower that, you know, his experience with FieldView was in the early days when, just being blunt, there was issues, there was hiccups, and he didn't have a positive experience with it. And so it was one that he wasn't going to go forward and use it again. But what I was able to do is show him what we were able to do with it. I used my own field view drive to harvest his plot one year to show him how simple it was. And that kind of helped spark it. And then the same year, he ended up having an issue with his OEM equipment that was supposed to be putting it all to the cloud so he'd have it all and never lose it. Well, sure enough, on one field, and it happened to be a field that he had chopped the end rows for silage, so he really needed the data, the OEM equipment did not get it to the cloud, and to make it even better, the monitor didn't save it, and he lost an entire quarter's worth of data. So having the ability to, yes, it's one more thing in the cab, but you have double jeopardy was the selling point that we needed that, hey, maybe there's some value to this. And then once they get it going to where you can use the imagery and and all the other tools that go with it, it became a no-brainer sales pitch for the grower. That's great, Russ. I don't believe I could have spelled it out any better, and I thank you for that. I want to kind of end this discovery podcast coming back to you and say, how do you make sure you're on the same page with that customer when you're getting ready to move to maybe present the solution or end the call? How do you kind of summarize what you've discovered through FieldView and that sales call and make sure you're on the same page with the customer? Well, I guess that really just comes down to is no different than any sales call, whether it's positive or negative. You just have to reinforce with that grower and make sure that, you know, ask the question at the end, you know, here's what we've went through. Obviously, we had less rainfall in this farm. So that attributed with other things that we're seeing agronomically in the field might be the reason for this result. Do you agree with that? And at least this way you can then have that feedback from the grower and know whether you need to keep going further or if, yes, you're on the same page and we're in agreement, but we can move on to something different. No different than what you would, whether you're getting the order or anything else. Very good perspective. You've really captured a lot here in this discovery session as we record this. And the one piece I'll just ask, as folks are trying to dive into this and get on their digital journey, what do you believe is the biggest fear of diving in and trying to discover with FieldView that really is a myth? I would say there's two myths. The first one is, you know what, I'm not that good at it. So, you know, I'm not great with technology. So this really, I, you know, I'm not going to be able to, you know, I can't really learn this either. And it's so user-friendly. I always like to laugh and joke, and but also serious. My dad's in his 60s, and he does a great job with it. And, yeah, I have to teach him every now and then or give him a few refreshers, but I always remind the guys, between myself and our climate activation manager, you've got enough phone numbers to call if you've got a problem, that it's something that it's there, it's easy to use. And then I also remind them, if we do have a problem, don't worry, you also have your monitor. We can always grab the data from that after the fact and fix, you know, any issues that may arise if, ah, crap, I forgot to change a field. It's not a big deal. And then on top of that, the second one would be data privacy, which I fully understand. And that's where I just have to remind the guys that I'm not going to share it. I can't share it, will not share it. Neither (laughs) will Bayer. 
so that anything that you may be concerned about your data going to your neighbor and they're going to see what you're yielding and rent the farm away from you, they're never going to see it unless you show it because no one is going to see it unless you allow them to. And that usually is enough to make guys realize that, hey, we're not going to be giving this out to everybody. Russ, thank you so much for answering all these questions. Andrew's led you down the path of talking about all the different ways we can discover with FieldView and for customers' digital journeys. And honestly, for an interview where you said openly that you were going to shoot from the hip, it was perfect. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I also hope that we can reach out to you if we have any questions, follow-up questions from our participants. You know, this goes out to our Digital Farming Institute participants, but uh, I know you're a friend to um, anyone who's looking to learn more about FieldView. Is that right? Absolutely. That's not a problem in the world. Thank you, Russ. Thank you for your time and go enjoy the rest of harvest season. Will do. Thank you guys very much. Have a great day and a great weekend. Stay tuned for our next episode where we have a real conversation about the perceived complexities of FieldView and how to handle objections around using FieldView. Until next time, this has been The Field Viewpoint. Services and products offered by Climate LLC are subject to the customer agreeing to our terms of service. Our services provide estimates or recommendations based on models. These do not guarantee results. Agronomists, commodities, brokers, and other service professionals should be consulted before making financial, risk management, and farming decisions. More information at climate.com disclaimers. FieldView is a trademark of Climate LLC.